Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Danny is going to be bringing us a message this morning on how to live a Christian life. This brother really has a soft heart. He's really a good guy, and he's an excellent teacher. Lord, we ask that you would give him your anointing. You would fill his mouth and, your, and his heart with your words and your fire, and that would truly help us to live a Christian life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Danny. All right. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, this is a continuation of a, a series that I started the last time about four or five months ago. So I'm going to move. I'm going to move here in just a moment the slides to the next uh, point. But while we're doing that, I do need to give a little bit of credit. Everything that you see, every Bible verse, uh, every topic is from the Dakes. Uh, Dakes King James Bible, and specifically the notes section that follows the Old Testaments. We're going to be going through a lot of verses, and so if you miss them, all you have to do is get a copy of the Dakes King James Bible, look in the notes section, and you will uh, find everything that I'm going to talk about today. All right, and... Not yet. It says, believe the gospel and the entire word of God at all times and walk in the light as you receive it. And here's the thing. We're coming for hard times. Too often this country as a whole has stood like on a hill, taken their fist and shook it up to the heavens and said, we don't need you anymore. We know what we are doing we're going to listen to ourselves, and we're not going to listen to you, God. And guess what? Judgment is now coming. So this is even more important now. I went into the store yesterday to get some stuff, and I do a lot of, like, quick trip and racetrack, and, and their shelves are empty. I'm seeing shortages all over the place. So we need to be able to believe that the gospel is going to help us in these hard times. So the question becomes, how do we do this point A? All right, and then there's point B, walk by faith in newness of life, not by sight or feeling. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You know, just because we can't see it, we can't hear it, we can't touch it with our hands doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Faith is one of the most important concepts in the Christian life. There's verse after verse after verse that talks about the importance of faith. And unless we have faith, we're going to be powerless. Romans 6, 4, therefore we are baptized, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Romans 6, 4. Okay. Now here's some verses that talk about the first two points. Hebrews 10, 23 through 39. Romans 6, 1 through 23. 8, 1 through 13. Galatians 5, 16 through 26. All right, so we're going to take a look at these for a little bit. 
Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Romans 6, 4, 6. Therefore we are buried by him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we shall also walk in newness of life. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin be, might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. I've heard all my life about the old man. This is a very well-known verse. And it's just, we have a newness. We get rid of the old ways of doing things. And we walk in the newness. But that newness is from Christ. Okay? Notice here it says newness of life. So when we decide that we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, don't you think that these verse, verses kind of have the expectation that you're going to change? It's talking about newness of life. So we, we got to change. How do we know, how does a person know that we are a Christian? It's by the words we speak and the actions that we take. And that means we're going to walk in a new way. We're going to do things differently, okay, than we did before we accepted Jesus Christ. So we're going to walk in the newness of life. And that the old man is crucified. I hate to tell you, but that means you got to maybe give up some things, okay? It's not always an easy thing to do. If you have something you've been doing for years, it's hard. Take smoking. Smoking, if you are addicted to nicotine, it's a very hard thing to get rid of. But you got to do it because we're walking in newness of life, all right? Romans six thirteen through 16. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instrument of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have not dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are ye to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Once again, once that you have accepted Jesus Christ, that means you have to walk a new way. You have to walk, and where you, where the, the choices that you make are going to tell people whose you really are it's even going to tell yourselves if you keep going back to the old things you did that are you know deep down in your heart that are wrong are you really a christian now maybe i stepped on some toes on that one but that's how people know what we're doing that's how people know that we're christians and it did 
what you yield up to, that's what you are. It says, yield yourself unto God. Well, okay, how do you yield yourself unto God? You know, well, you need to know how God wants you to act, right? That just kind of makes sense. So where do you go to find that instruction on how God wants you to act? The Dakes King James Bible. Well, maybe not the Dakes. I'm just a big fan of Dakes because it has so many notes. But the point is, it's the Bible. The Bible's your handbook. It's like the Boy Scout handbook. It's your guidepost for Christian living. All that you need to know on how to do it is contained in that book. That means you need to be making sure you're every day reading in your Bible. That makes sure that every day you spend time on your hands and knees in prayer. You know, get some knee pads if you have to, but make sure you do it. Okay? We're not under the law, but under grace. Verse 15, what then shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. We have too many people out there these days that think, oh, I'll, I'll just live the life I want, and then I'll make it up at the end. You remember the parable about the rich man to, and who wanted to build the storehouse? He makes a bigger barn to hold all of his goods. And what does the come back, Holy Spirit come back and say, you fool, you fool? No, you, not that you're, this is not the exact quotation, but basically you're not going to be around to enjoy it, okay? So we don't know when our time is at an end. And what if you're in an accident and you, you made that promise, well, I'll make it up at the end. I'm going to go ahead and live my life now. You're in an accident. You get killed. What then? You didn't have the time, did you? So we don't want to put this decision off. All right. Romans six nineteen, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanliness and to inequity unto equity. Even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. Again, just emphasizing that what we do, what we say, is going to determine what we are. It's telling us we're not going to go back to those old ways. We're not going to go back to looking at the pornography. We're not going back to lying I mean I think I don't remember if y'all remember this there was a court case in Georgia a judge had a uh, Ten Commandments on like a, a poster it wasn't a poster it was like a a plaque that's a good word and he had them in his courtroom the Ten Commandments Ten Commandments are the basic of all our our laws and he was told he had to remove it because it violated freedom of speech. We can't even, as a nation, allow the Ten Commandments? I mean, how, how simplified can we get it? We can't even do that, really. We see politicians lie to us. We see dishonesty in business. If we could just 
do that. That would make the world a whole better place alone. So we, we got to not yield to those old passions, those old lusts. And I know it's difficult. There's stuff I'm battling. Some of it I've, I've been battling for a long time. But I know this verse alone tells me, Danny, you can't give in. You can't give in. You can't yield to those old desires that you had before you came a Christian. You have to change. And you have to be willing to change. Galatians 5, 9. Or Galatians 5, 19 through 20, or 20. This I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that ye would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Now, do we see that today? Yes, sir, we do. One I think is really relevant is this one, hatred. There's too much hatred out there. Hatred of people of other religions. <laughs> hatred of others races hatred of christians against catholics presbyterians against baptists there's too much hatred hatred also is a cousin to unforgiveness those two are pretty closely in time you got unforgiveness in your heart you better get rid of it why because in one of the verses uh, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it says, if you do not forgive those who have done things to you, then neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Um, you can't have unforgiveness. You can't have hatred. And if you're doing that, if you're showing that, if you're, what's the right word? taking those actions then i hate to tell you but i would doubt your christianity there's no room we do not have the luxury of hatred we do not have the luxury of unforgiveness i mean those two are big and like i said i'm fighting that it's not easy it's, it's not easy to get rid of it to dissolve to melt away those things but if you want to know what sin is versus nineteen twenty, that's a pretty good starting point. Are you doing those? Well, then you need to change. Uh, there's some more. I'm going to move on to point C because I'm starting to run out of time. Read the Bible daily. Search it. Meditate it on a day and night to feed and nurture the spiritual life. We forget that there's there's different aspects to man. There is the body, there's the natural, but there's the supernatural. There's the spirit. Now we can eat food and we can eat drinks and we can that will help nourish our physical body. But just as important 
is the spiritual man and the spiritualness within us. And how do we nurture that? Right there. Read the Bible. It, it can't be any simpler. Now, look, I try to make it a point to read a chapter of the New Testament and the Old Testament minimum every day. Do I do it? Not all the time. I certainly will admit it. But I make it a point to try and do that, to never forget that. Because as I said earlier, the Bible's our, our Boy Scout handbook, but it's for Christian living. It's all there. It's all there. Meditate it on day and night and feed and nurture the spiritual life. One thing I started doing, I work a graveyard shift from 5 in the afternoon to 3.30 in the morning. And we have three breaks of 2.15 and a 30. Well, I started doing this about two or three months, well, about two months ago. Verse, when I read the Bible from time to time, I'm sure this has happened to all of you, I'll read verses and they kind of just leap out at me. They really just kind of speak to me. Very, just, and I say to myself, wow, I need to memorize this verse. So I write it down on the three-by-five card, and I've got about 45 of them. And actually, I'm going to make a, later on, I'm going to uh, make a PowerPoint of it. And I take that second break, and I read uh, those verses. I literally sit at the table, turn them face down, and it's, you know, it tells me like Galatians 5, 19, 20. And I try to think, you know, I try to think. What does it say? And if I can't come up with it, I flip it and I read it aloud. Read it aloud. Because one of the ways you grow is by, I know this sounds silly, but by hearing. And whether it's someone else talking or your own self, the fact that you're hearing it, you can say it silently, but my point is the impact it will have upon you will be just a little bit more if you hear it. Now, you know, it may not be a lot, but it does help a little bit. And over time, it adds up, doesn't it? And I've gotten to the point where, I'll give you an example, Isaiah 41, and, or 41, and then there's some in 40. Before, I, I couldn't remember even what the topic was on those verses. Now, I, talk, I know what it is, because one of them is talking about God will be with us. He will strengthen us. Yea, he will uphold us. Yea, he will. There you go. And then 40 is, is one I've heard where it says, You shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall walk and not. That's it. I'm starting to pick that up now before. So, you know, and it's going to take time. It's not. We're too much of a right then. You know? We got to get away from that. It doesn't always happen that way. And if you're expecting that, you're going to be defeated within a week. It doesn't always come at a snap or even a day or a week or a month or, in some cases, years. There's some things I've prayed for, I know, for over five years. People that I've asked God to save. Other things that I have requested for my own life. And it hadn't happened yet. Do I give up? There are times I, I kind of say, yeah, what's the point? 
but you know I those ver you know those verses on the index cards that kind of keep coming back in my head and it's like no no we got we have to keep going because that's what the verse has said and and I literally have had this conversation do you really believe the Bible and if you say and I say yeah then it's like well then don't give up the verses tell you what's going to happen but the again read the Bible because not because that's the primary way that you are going to feed the spiritual man that's inside of you there, there's no way around it there's no way around it all right uh, some verses that talk about this Psalms 1 through 3 blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord where do you find that the Bible and in his law doth he meditate day and night and she he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper verse 2 but his delight is the law of the Lord you know what that tells you where your heart is where's your delight is it in the world is it the things of the world or is it in God and his word when I I've gotten better at this but one of the things I've had to fight I love playing games and I can it trust me I can stay up to two three in the morning on my off days playing games and you know what happens sometimes? I'll say, all right, I'm ready to go to bed because I'm yawning. And I go to bed, and the last thought is, well, you just proved yourself a hypocrite to God, didn't you? Did you read your Bible before you laid down? No. Okay. Where are you at? Doesn't that kind of speak? Okay. Those are the examples of what I'm talking about. Where, what are you going to be reading? And are you hanging around with people that are not Christians? You need to be careful. What does it say? Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You need to make sure that they don't rub off on you. Okay? There's, I don't remember exactly the saying. It's something like you're, you are the company that you keep. If you hang around the people that are non-Christians, and look, I know there's a lot of good or what we would call good non-Christians out in the world. I've got friends that are not Christians, and they're, they're good people, but at the same time, they're not Christians. And it's not that I'm not going to associate with them, but I'm going to make sure that they're, what's the best way to put it, their unchristian characteristics don't rub off on me okay so yeah and and how are we going to reach the unsaved if we don't associate it with them you just got to make sure you're careful you're guarded so that the that negative thing that ungodly unchristian characteristics don't rub off on you all right well, all right thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path psalms 119 105 Oh, good. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 7. For the weapons of our warfare 
are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down in imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him think of himself, think this again, that as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. Do you know, in my opinion, the Christian religion is the hardest thing you could ever do in your life? Why is that? This verse tells us right there, that word, imaginations. The battle primarily is not the, the physical. It's not the carnal. It's here. It's in your mind. All right? The things that we think, those are the hardest things to bring into captivity. All right? That's, again, why you've got to make sure you have a daily intake of Bible reading. Because one of the verses, and I just recently added this to my index list, but it talks, and I believe it's in Timothy, talks about the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that rightly uh, dividing asunder joint marrow that bible and the words in the bible is what's going to be used to help rein in our imaginations to rein in our thoughts the battle is not just the outward appearance it's the inward of the man and the hardest part the heart is one thing but the mind oh my goodness that mind can really give us fits you know and don't look on the outward appearance we got too many people that look on the outward these days too many it's again it's the actions and words and sometimes they can look good they can they can say the right things and they can fool christians can be fooled you know if you're not grounded in the bible it's it, the more you're Grounded in the Bible, the less likely you're to be fooled. But we have to be careful of the outward appearance. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Pull on the full, whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. Because that's certainly around. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. You may stand the evil day and having done all to stand. Another reason why you want the mind, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness. Yes, Satan can use our body as tools to attack us. But it's not a physical warfare. It's also spiritual. It's real easy to overlook that. I mean, we look at the world today and the outward appearances, and that's bad enough. Gas prices are going up. 
food is going up, as soon as I get the money, I'm actually going to go to Jacob's Kitchen and get some stuff from there. Joseph's, thank you. Jacob's, I don't know why. I'm also going to get a Berkey. All right? I can prepare for the physical. I can do things to counteract the physical things that are going on. But, but you know what? That you've got to take care of the spiritual side of life in your spiritual man because it not, it's just the outside physical world. We're going against principalities, powers. That's like demons and stuff like that. So, and how are you going to defeat them? If you go, well, I'm Danny Miller or I'm Joe Blow, you know what? They're going to laugh in your face. They're going to treat you like they did the, the sons of the rich man that thought, oh, look, let's try this. What the demon do? He basically beat, beat them to, well, beat them up, and they ran, fled naked, didn't they? That's what they're going to do to you. They're going to say, who are you? What was another passage? Jesus I know, John I know, but who are you? That's what they're going to say, unless you had the Bible to be your weapons of warfare against these. Remember, it's not just the physical. It's just also the spiritual that we have to also prepare ourselves for. All right? Uh, I think there's another point D. That's right. Okay. And we're going to. Okay. And you're with your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying also with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Here's the second. Right there. Right there. Right there. Praying. Praying is the number. The Bible and prayer are the two most powerful weapons that you have. If you're not spending time in prayer, then you're, you're shortchanging your Christian experience. All right? I know I'm kind of beating the proverbial dead horse on this, but you've got to be praying. There are times I say, I don't feel worthy. I'll put it that way. I just don't feel worthy. I say to myself, why am I praying? Look what I did today. And you know what happens? Sometimes I don't. I feel so ashamed I don't even do it because I couldn't, I think, God couldn't possibly want to hear me after what I've done. But gum, those stupid index cards keep coming back to mind. And I say, no, no, you got to pray. Even if, all, even if all that happens, God hears the prayer and says, next, that you still pray. You can't let that link die away. You can't exercise that link to make it stronger. You've got to make sure that you pray. 
All right. Uh, okay. Pray. I'm starting to run out of time, so I've got point E, and then there's one other thing I'm going to do. Claim all the benefits of promises of God and appropriate by faith all that he had prom promised. Uh, verse 3, according to his, his power given unto us of all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to the glory of virtue. Knowledge. How you get knowledge? Yes, the Bible. That's what I was looking for. All right? That's how you're going to get the knowledge. All right? The, another teaching I was thinking of doing, again, this I found this in the notes of uh, the Dakes King James Bible. I don't remember the exact number, but it's a section that says promises of God. They're over, and they list like over 250 promises. That's a lot of promises. God has a lot, good life in store for us. He's promised us that. But at the same time, it's kind of a two-edged sword. Those promises are valid if we are obedient. If you're not going to be obedient, then you can forget the promises. Sorry, but that's, that's what he tells us. Let's see. Keep your mind stayed upon God and grow in grace and all virtues of grace and of God. Again, prayer, Bible reading. That I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he what? Trusteth. Trusteth in thee. And it's hard to trust sometimes when you're looking at bills and you're going, okay, who, who do I not pay today? It's kind of hard, you know, kind of hard. But we have to be willing to trust. We don't always see what's going down the road. Our vision is limited. I'm not even sure what's going to happen tomorrow, you know. And here I am going to be worried about a month from now. We've got to be willing to trust him every day, no matter what. Whatever's going on, whatever's befalling us, we've got to be willing to trust. It's not easy, but Christianity ain't always easy either this is one of my favorite verses philippians 4 8 whatsoever things are true honest just pure lovely a good report that's what we think of okay not harry potter not not you know the superheroes from marvel that are in films all over these are the things that have to be the predominant things in our mind. All right. All right, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Doug put this slide in. I saw him do it. All right, I'm, I'm going to come back to this, but I want to close because of the time. As I did last time with the song. Hey, Doug? Okay, thank you. Because I know you put it in there. And it's, it's a song that when you first hear it, you may say, why did you choose this song to even talk about the Christian life? And you know what? You're right. It doesn't. But it's relevant because if the actions that are described in detail in this song had not occurred 
I wouldn't be on this stage. Thank you, Doug. This church wouldn't exist. The Christian faith, there would be no such thing as the Christian faith. And our salvation, eternal life, would be nothing more than empty words and phrases. If the actions described in this song hadn't occurred, then all those things would also be true. And I'm going to warn you, this is a tearjerker. First time I heard your song, I cried like a baby because the words were so poignant and true. And the second and third time, I cried because it hit me so powerfully. So you might, just might, want a box of Kleenex, okay? And I'm also going to, uh, Leslie talks about prophetic act. I'm going to steal from her. I'm going to do a prophetic act. I'm going to step to off this stage. And when this song starts playing, what I would like for you here and you there that are on live stream to focus right here and use this cross as a tool to help visualize what the words of the song are saying, the details that he describes. I want you to use this just as a tool to visualize. It's called The Dream, and it's called by the Hammertown. In my heart I will carry 
of what I saw there in a dream. And I saw those nails, those old rusty nails, and the crown made of thorns that he wore. So sad was the scene that I cried in my dream. So great was the pain that he bore. They scorned and they mocked. He drank the bitter cup as he hung there with two common thieves. For he had to fulfill his father's own will, and I was right there in a dream. For he had to fulfill his father's own will, and I was right there. Well, I hope you liked that. Sorry, hold on. Kind of gets to me every time I hear it. Um, can't really see it well, well, but if you like what you saw today, and and for that matter, in previous, go to spiritofprophecychurch.com or contact at spiritofprophecychurch.com. Make sure you share this because they need to see a handsome face. I'm just kidding on that. But share this, not just this, but anything you see here because you're getting taught the word of God here. So you need to share it with all your friends, all right? So share it with your friends. Also, if you're, if especially those of you on live stream, if you like what you've seen today or for that matter, Anytime, whether it's a sermon by Stan or by Doug or Tony or whoever, if you like what you see, then you want to hit like, then share, then subscribe, because that will get it to more people, will reach more people as a result. Also, if, if you want to help us financially, because, hey, guess what? Churches don't run on air. They, they have to have a little green, too, whether you like it or not. That's just a fact of life. I thought about that when I went to the ATM today. Uh, donate by clicking, and you'll see a, a bell symbol, the symbol below. So click on that, and that will help us financially. And with that, uh, thank you for the time. I hope this, anytime I come and speak, I hope that the end result, that it strengthens, deepens, and makes more stronger your relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Stay back, stay tuned, and we'll be back in about 10, 15 minutes, and the uh, remainder of our service will occur. Well, welcome to Mother's Day, and welcome to church. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. Um, I wanted to give a special gift to all of the mothers, spiritual mothers included. So we have some volunteers up here. You're going to get one of these little presents here and also the flowers we all know we would be nowhere if it wasn't for us women giving birth and keeping things going. And, you know, I mean, we're the brain. <laughs> like, like some people say, so men are the head of the house, right? Right? We're the neck, and we turn the head. <laughs> so 
we it's important to have us ladies around so thank you mothers for everything you do you guys are amazing and i know god has a great purpose for each and every single one of you so if you guys want to go ahead and pass those gifts around to all the ladies you can go up that way go down that way thank you go that way <laughs> uh, we do have a few more announcements um michelle if you want to go ahead and sure. take over good morning um, so the first one I have is for the picnic in the park, which is next Sunday, guys. Next so Sunday. next Sunday, next it Sunday. is next Sunday. So next don't come Sunday. here or you won't be able to get in. You just have church by yourself. One service so, next Sunday in the park. 1030. Winhaven Park. Yes. I'm excited. This park looks so much fun. I drive by it all the time. There's no live stream. No live no. stream. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Might be a little hard to explain that one. Yes. Come to Plano. Need to move here. In the park. You know. Some, something just dawned on me. Mm -hmm. We are just a plain old church. Plain old church. Just plain old Christians in plain old Texas. And you need to just plain old come here. That's right. <laughs> to have plain old fun. And have some plain old fun. And then I also have the donut sheet um, for donuts on Sunday mornings. So please feel free to sign up. If not, I might chase you around the church to get you to sign up. So that was, that was it. And happy Mother's Day. All right, now it's time for, we're going through these quick. This is, again, why they don't usually have me do this. Not the best of the announcements. But it is time for offerings. So let's gather our offerings together and bring them on up to the storehouse. Okay, you've heard it said that when the cat is away, the mouse will play. And right now the cat, the female cat, is in Honduras, along with all of her other kitties are all in Honduras. So everybody thought that uh, I was going to be gone. So consequently, we've got very few people here for church. But as I was just telling them, we have uh, a pretty large audience online. And so we want to say thank you to those folks online. As a matter of fact... Um, maybe, maybe I'll say it this way this morning. You know, it, it comes to giving an offering. And I know all churches almost always give this big talk about offering and everything. But I like just giving to the Lord because, not because I'm going to get anything back, but I like to see how it helps. And how it helps reach people. And the Bible says we're not supposed to let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. But I would love to let you know some of the things that Spirit of Prophecy Church does to help people. I would love to let you know that. But since the uh, left hand's not supposed to know what the right hand's doing, uh, I would just let you know that uh, from time to time, Spirit of Prophecy Church puts people to tears. With their giving because Spirit of Prophecy Church does give. And there have been times where um, the Lord spoke to Spirit of Prophecy Church that one of the congregation members is in trouble. There's been times where uh, people not necessarily part of the Spirit of Prophecy Church tells us to give and we give and we give secretly and privately. But the Bible says he rewards us openly. And so I just want to let you know 
that when you're giving spirit of prophecy, church, it's not about just paying rent. Yes, that's nice that we can pay the rent. But it is about helping other people. And I assure you, even just this past week, someone was totally shocked by a very big need that was filled with them. And with some, it, it, was, it was a really, really, really big need. And I also want to say thank you to the people that are in attendance at the Spirit of Prophecy Church. But I also want to say thank you to the people online. Yes, I know that sometimes you think, ah, oh, so much trouble to get out of bed and to clean up, to go down to a church. So much easier to watch online. And yes, I do think it is important for us to get up and actually go to a physical church. I also understand that these days there's some pretty rotten churches out there. Matter of fact, <laughs> Leslie is telling me she is fighting a lot of kundalini down in Honduras. Is it kundalini in Honduras? I thought that was an American thing. Yes, it is. But who is it that's been going down to visit Honduras coming in as the great American church member, the great American church preacher, to show them how to find Jesus. Guess what they're taking to them? Kundalini. So they've been expecting all the American, and I, I think that, for what she's saying, American Christians have lost a lot of respect by the people that they're sending down there. In other words, they're not righteous, they're not holy, they are not preaching the true word of God just like they aren't here. So I understand it's pretty hard to find a church out there preaching the true word of God these days. But I do want to say to the online people, your prayers are powerful. They are not falling to the ground. I also want to say your gifts, when you go down to that bottom line and you click and you give, I don't care if it's a dollar, twenty dollars, I don't care what you give. Remember the widow's might. It's, it's not the amount, it's the heart with, with, with which we give. In other words, are we really giving to help? Are we giving because we're saying, no, you need this more than I. I believe God more than I believe my situation. Are we giving out of our abundance? Remember the story of the widow's mind. Or are we giving out of our need? And she gave it all. In several cases in the Bible, and I'm not suggesting, matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you that God's not obligated to cover a, blank, uh, a hot check. I've discovered that. <laughs> so we've got to give with integrity too. But anyway, when we give with the right heart, putting someone else ahead of us, then we can be assured to get the real benefit. And of course, yes, that's eternally, but I like to feel that warmth in my heart, like I know that I helped somebody that really needed help. And the very best people to give the help to are someone that absolutely cannot repay. So when you give the Spirit of Prophecy Church, understanding, yep, some of it goes to rent, some of it goes to flowers, some of it goes, there's all kinds of things to running a church. But I want you to know that there are times when spirit of prophecy puts people to, peer, to tears. We absolutely shock them with some of the gifts that we give them. Some of the congregation members aren't looking at me right now because there's been times where it happened to them. Sometimes it wasn't some of them. 
But I want you to know that when you give to Spirit of Prophecy Church, you're giving to God. I want you to know that Jesus sees every penny of it. In the Old Testament, they were commanded, you have to give it 10%. In the New Testament, it says that we should give out of the abundance of our heart. We should give not begrudgingly nor of necessity. For God love us, it's your cheerful giver. I like to give. Yes, I mean, there's always, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, always give my 10%. But I like to give above that. I like to see how, I like to feel that warmth in here, knowing that I gave. That's, that really motivates me. And it really confirms to me. And with my giving, I like to try to listen in here. Are, is he gonna is he gonna give a talk on offering too? Okay, we're not waiting on him. Okay, I thought. Oh boy, I hope I didn't take his talk. Uh, I like to feel in here what I'm supposed to give, when I'm supposed to give, where I'm supposed to give, and then when I give, I like to feel that that warmth and that love, saying, "You did right, boy. Thank you, sir." <laughs> so I want to say to the online people today, I want to specifically ask for gifts from the online people because our church these days has become more of an online church than an in-person church. So online people, give to the cross. Give to the blood. Give to the finished work. Like the song said, give to the nails in the hands. Online people, give. Real easy, just slide to the bottom, click that little line. You can also mail it in. You can do credit cards. You can call. If you want to call, call 785-266-1112, Monday through Friday. Prophecy Club, make a donation there. Kind of all, still all giving to God, okay? Online people, let me encourage you. Let this be your day, especially if you're an online person and you've been watching for a while and you kind of hadn't been given or hadn't been given in a while or kind of been letting it slide, you know, okay, the truth is we all let it, all do it. We, we all do it, okay? But let maybe today be <clears throat> catch-up day for the online people. So this is my encouragement to the online people. Now, has the congregation already given? Okay, well then let me do this. Lord Jesus, coming up to pray with me? Yep, excellent, excellent. It's good, brother in the Lord. My racquetball buddy <laughs> beats me all the time. This guy's good. Lord Jesus, we thank you for that finished work on the cross. We thank you for receiving our gifts, and we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You have anything to add? Father, uh, we thank you for every family watching online, every family here at church. Bless their hearts, bless their hands, because you bless the joyful giver. Uh, We praise you, Lord, and we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, I think we're time for praise and worship. All right. (laughs) Let's grab our praise shields. I know the kids got some up here. 
We're adults. We can still grab our praise shields. I see, Eric, you're looking for one. Which one are you going to grab? The bright pink one, right? <laughs> the cross. Oh, wait, the crown. Nice. I love it. Well, grab your praise shields. We're going to have a good time and just praise our God. Amen. Lord, we are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together. You are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship for who you are, yes we do, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We worship you for who you are. Come on, singing, you are good. Cause you are good. Hallelujah. Come on, we got plenty of room to dance around. Singing, Lord, you are so good. Yes, he is. Lord, you are good your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you're so good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation. People from every nation and tongue. From generation to generation. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you for who you are. Yes, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you for who you are. Come on, mighty loud. You are good. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So good. So good. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because you, 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 you are good all the time. All the time. You are good. You are good all the time. And all the time. You are good. You are good all the time, and all the time. You are good, you are good all the time, and all the time. You are good. Come on now, let's get our feet moving. Come on. I want to hear you nice and loud saying, You are good. Come on, one more time, really loud singing, You are good. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. 
Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Yes, you are, Lord. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Oh, people from every nation, nation and tongue. From generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you are. Come on. We worship you. Singing hallelujah, 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 we worship you. Who you are. Come on. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship Hallelujah. you. For who you are. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We for who you are, for who you are, who you are, who you are, you are good. Hallelujah. Come on, I want to see everybody's hands clap and singing hallelujah. Such a joyful time to freely come and praise our God. King of kings and Lord of lords, you are worthy. Let us dance like David danced. Let us sing like children sing. Come on. And I will sing to the Lord. And I will lift my voice. For you have, you've heard my cry. I will sing to the Lord, and I will lift my hands, for you have, you brought me out of the pit, for you have, you brought me out of the pit, and I will sing glory, hallelujah, I lift your name on high. I'll sing holy, cause you're worthy. I'll praise you with my dance, and I'll sing glory. Hallelujah. I lift your name on high. I'll sing holy, cause you're worthy. I'll praise you with the dance. I will praise you with the dance. I will praise you with Hallelujah. Yes, I will sing to the Lord, and I will lift my voice. For you have, you've heard my cry. Yeah, I will sing to the Lord. Pit. 
Hallelujah. I lift your name on high. I'll sing holy because you're worthy. I'll praise you in the dance. I'll sing glory. Hallelujah. I lift your name on high. I'll sing holy because you're worthy. I'll praise you with the best. Glory, hallelujah, I'll lift your name on high. I'll sing holy, cause you're worthy. I'll praise you in the day. I'll sing holy, hallelujah, I'll lift your name on high. I'll sing holy, cause you're worthy. I'll praise you in the day. Yeah. 
let yourself let it rain. So open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Holy Spirit, let it rain. Let it rain. Come on, let it rain. So open the floodgates of heaven. your spirit now the heartbeat of heaven let us hear hallelujah feel the winds of your love feel the winds of your spirit now the heartbeat of heaven let us hear feel the rain of your love feel the winds of your spirit now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. the cries of our hearts, Father God. Feel the rain of your love. Feel the winds of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. Let it rain.
let your spirit keep flowing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. We give you all the worship, all the glory, because we wouldn't be who we are today if it wasn't for you, Father God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit coming here today and calling us by name. Let us hold fast to that in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Lord, we thank you for this man of God that you put in place as our apostle, our pastor, our friend, our leader. Lord, we ask right now that you would touch him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. That you would guide his words, guide the direction he's got to speak. And let it not only speak to him, but speak to us. And that it penetrate our hearts. And that we would know exactly what you're saying in our souls in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I also want to say thank you. Thank you for all the years you put in. Praise and worship leader, organizing praise and worship team, thank you for all that you do. And also to the rest of the praise and worship team, thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the book. Because you were slain, you redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is the Lamb. And this morning we say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is and was and who is to come. We agree with the four beasts that say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is and was and is to come. And this morning we say, Amen. Blessing, glory, and wisdom. Thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God who liveth forever and ever. We ask you to open our eyes to see and our hearts to remember. We ask you to search our hearts this morning and help us to be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I am impressed to start with and ask you this morning if the boss were to call you in tomorrow and say, what are you doing? What do you mean? That's all I'm going to say. I want to know your answer. What are you doing? What would you say? Now think about that in your mind. Boss says, what are you doing? So you think about it, you give an answer. What might be your answer? Well, I mean, you know, like, you know, you're talking about with, with my job. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, what, what are you trying to do? What is, what is your objective? What might, anyone, what might you say? Boss says, what are you doing? Working. Working? I'm with a patient. What? You what? I'm with a patient. I'm with a patient. Nurse. Trying to survive. <laughs> <laughs> trying to survive. Walking in faith. What would you say? I'm praying. I'm free? Is that what you said? Okay. Praying. Oh, I'm praying. Okay. Okay, let's say your husband or your wife said, I want to talk to you. So you sat down 
and they say to you, what are you doing? That would be a different answer, right? Okay. Husband and wife says, what are you doing? What would you say? If it's Monday, he's <laughs> still, working. still working. What would you say? I know she doesn't have a husband. Looking for one, praying for one. Anybody looking? No. <laughs> Here I am. Handing a phone number. <laughs> I'm cooking. Okay. Now. Let's say Jesus came to you tonight in a dream and said, what are you doing? Now what's your answer? Yes, Lord, forgive me. What, what's your answer? I was sleeping. I want a hug. If you were to come to me, accept, accepting me as, as the pastor, if you were to say, what are you doing? If Jesus were to come to me in the middle of the night, wake me up or speak to me in a dream or something like that and say, Stan, what are you doing? If Leslie were to ask me, Stan, what are you doing? If the guy on the street were to ask me, Stan, what are you doing? I would probably give all of them pretty much the same answer. And I would say, I'm trying to build the kingdom of God. Because I think at the end of the day, I'm still hearing a ring up here. At the end of the day, I think it's coming out of those, drop the, the monitors here. At the end of the day, that's my objective. Because I believe if I can build the kingdom of God, if I can get close to Jesus, if I can do what he wants done, the way he wants it done, if I can do that, then all the other things are fixed. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and then all the other things get added to you. And so sometimes, now I lost all volume up here, give me a little bit. Sometimes we get caught up in the things of the world the cares of the world. Sometimes we get caught up in, I've got to pay the bills. I've got to figure out which bills I can't pay. How am I going to deal with that boss? How am I going to deal with that husband? How am I going to deal with that wife? What am I going to do with these kids? How do I make the car payment? Do I get to turn the water off? Have you had your water turned off? I've had my water turned off. Have you had your electricity turned off? I've had my electricity turned off. We almost got our home repossessed here five, six years ago. It was real close. Somebody were to say, Stan, what are you doing? I would immediately know the answer. Now I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm just telling you that's where my heart is. I'm not saying I'm right, but I am standing on scripture, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and his righteousness. Mm. Righteousness. Righteousness? What's righteousness? 
I think that a lot of people, a lot of Christians get caught up and they have the wrong objectives. They're running hard, but they're running in the wrong direction. If we're chasing the rainbow, the rainbow of money, I think that's the wrong motivation. If we're trying to get ahead, I think that's wrong. I think if we are trying to get in shape, okay, so we can play racquetball, I think that's wrong. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do all of those things, but I'm saying that the first thing, if we take care of him and his kingdom, and that means help his kingdom grow to whatever way he's directing. Yes, sometimes that's financial, sometimes that's hands-on. Let him show you. What do you think about all day long? I remember Dale Carnegie said, Show me what a man thinks about all day long, and I'll show you what the man's heart is going to be. In other words, what are we doing? My objective through Prophecy Club is to try to warn as many people as I possibly can so that one of these days when the trouble hits and they start looking for some answers, I can point them to the cross. I have an objective. The objective of prophetic oil was, still is, but when I was more actively working in it, and that's coming again, was to learn all of the scriptures, and I believe that I've discovered the verse that tells me where to drill, the set of verses that tells me how deep to drill. Leslie had a dream that showed her in the dream specifically where the river of, of water where the river of oil flows underneath the land, I know exactly what I'm going to do at the right time. I know what I'm going to do. And then, of course, when... <laughs> I'm going to come to the church. When Joseph Kitchen came along here, now I guess 13 weeks as of tomorrow, I think it's correct, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> but slowly God began to open up my eyes and speak into my heart what to do especially when he spoke to me, he said three things. He said, buy more wheat. Second thing, buy more wheat now. It was very emphatic. It never screamed at me like that before. I didn't hear audible words, but boy, I sure he was screaming. And the third thing is, buy more wheat now or you will never feed all the people I have for you to feed. So I know Joseph's kitchen is to feed people. Now, 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 let's... So if you were to come to me and say, Stan, what's your objective with the Spirit of Prophecy Church? So in 2005, when Leslie and I moved from Topeka, Kansas, back down to Texas, where, you know, Texas is home, we don't want to move to West Texas again, so we want to live in the DFW area. And now we've lived here 17 years, and this is home. We love it right here. We like it. Like the people, like the climate, like the economy. Maybe not so much the allergies, but <laughs> we didn't have to start a church. We didn't have to, but we had to. So why did we start a church? At the end of the day, through a lot of prayer, we decided that we wanted to help people. I didn't think that Leslie and I were good enough to help some people, I didn't think that, that we were right to help other people, 
But I think that there's a certain niche of people that maybe wouldn't fit any place else but would come to our church that we could help. And so the objective was to help people what? To find the cross. And by doing that, that also would entail Bible prophecy. Now, why do you do a Bible study every Friday night, Stan? Because I need it. Why do you do a church, Stan? <laughs> because I need it. I think the church is supposed to be there to help us to grow spiritually, to strengthen ourselves as a Christian, to know the Word, because when we know the Word and we know Him, then He can't knock us off of that straight and narrow path. We can't be deceived. We can't be tricked. We understand, we know when those imaginations are casting, are, are hitting us, we know to cast them down. We started the church to help people, but the biggest person that's helped is me. I come to church not just to help you, but I come to church because I need it. I do the Bible study not just to help people, but I need it. Because I don't know about your brain, but I have a hole in the bottom of my bucket. And that is, there's always knowledge leaking out of the bottom of my bucket. And if I don't put it in the top of the bucket on a constant basis, it leaks out the bottom, right? So we have to, as a Christian, we have to always be putting it in the top of the bucket. Now, that's one of the first points I want to make. One of the things that I, you know, how do I say this? I've been praying, ask the Lord, give me the right words. Before we started a church, we have these grandiose things. We were thinking, oh, yeah, we could, boy, I mean, we can have some really good Christians, you know, we can really train them. They're not going to be normal Christians. They're not going to be, well, guess what? There's some things that we would, we wish that we had done better as church leaders. One of them is we wish that we could motivate people to read their Bible more. So, as Danny was talking this morning, I thought it was an excellent message. He was speaking my heart. We need to motivate people to read the Bible more. But Stan, do you know how difficult it is to read the Bible by yourself? Yes, I do. That's why we do the Friday night Bible study. My opinion, it ought to be more like three hours a night instead of an hour and a half. But through the years we have learned that... I know it's a sad thing to say, and it doesn't make sense. And I'll tell you right now, what I'm about to say in the natural doesn't sound right. But I assure you through the years, it is right. People can only take so much Bible. What? Yep, it's, it's true. About an hour and a half of Bible. But if they'll watch or if they'll stick to this Bible study through the years, it really makes a difference. You've got to put it in faster than it leaks out. One of the other things that I think is very, very important for a Christian to do is to memorize the scripture because reading it puts it at one level. Reading it again, right, Danny? Puts it at another level, right? right? Reading it again puts it at another level. Reading it again, but after a while, it's, that's, you, you, you got that, okay? But let me just tell you, when you go memorizing it, it puts it at another level. And then when you make a decision 
to memorize a large chunk of it, let's say a whole chapter. Psalm 91, Psalm 23, okay. That's, but when I put Revelation, I memorized the whole book. It not only put my understanding of the book of Revelation on a level I've never been to before, but in my opinion, it opened the windows of heaven. It gave me a closer relationship to the Lord than I'd ever had in my life. I cannot tell you how many times. How many times in my prayer closet I've said, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for helping me to memorize your word, the book of Revelation. It has been such a blessing to me. I assure you, all of the time and trouble that I put in to memorize that book was small in return. The greatest blessing was what it did for me. Gave me the spirit of revelation. I'm saying that as a Christian, we should read the word, we should study the word, we should... What what Danny was saying, I mean, touched my heart. He had a three by five card. I like what he did. Put on the back of the one the three by five card, the the address. In other words, like John three sixteen, and then flip the card over, and there you have the scripture. See if you can quote it before you flip it over. You've got about forty five cards. Good for him. I think every Christian should be doing the same. I think too many times, and this is what I'm trying to motivate. I'm, I'm not trying to like condemn people. I'm trying to say. If we can get out of the world and the carnal things of the world, if we can get closer to him, if we have the right objective, it is wonderful. It is wonderful to feel the anointing. It is wonderful to get a yawn when there's a no. And I'm not saying he'll speak to you like this. Believe me, if he wants to speak to you, he will speak to you. And you don't have to be introduced to who's talking. You know it's him. On the other hand, sometimes I get a yawn saying no. Sometimes I get the anointing touching me. Sometimes it's just here. I mean, I like walking and talking and living with God. So somebody says, Stan, what are you doing? Building the kingdom of God. At the end of the day, that building the kingdom. Jesus comes to me in the middle of the night. Stan, what are you doing? I'm building your kingdom. I'm trying to send as many, for those Frisbees, those <laughs> like Frisbees, I'm trying to send as many people up to the kingdom of heaven. I'm trying to send as many people into eternity as I possibly can. I do that in order to have that Frisbee to send up there, in order to have that soul to send up there, I've got to have a foundation. I've got to have that Bible. I've got to have a clean walk. I gotta know the Bible. I gotta have some of it memorized. I, th- those are the things that I have to do. So, since my objective is to send people to eternity, I have to have a strong foundation here. If my foundation here is not right, it won't happen there. I've got to keep my mind clean. I've got to keep my heart clean, because we can't see serve a clean God with a dirty heart. You missed that one. We can't serve a clean God with a dirty heart. We can't serve a clean God with a dirty mouth, dirty eyes, dirty ears. Can't do that. Got to serve a clean God with a clean spirit. Does that make sense? I know it's a little boring. 
But this is the way we're supposed to work. I think memorization helps us to get up closer to the Lord. I know it certainly did with me. Here's what happens when you start memorizing verses. You start getting that spirit of that verse in your spirit. And then all of a sudden, at the right time, it starts popping out. You're out in the world. I wonder what I should do. And all of a sudden, that Holy Spirit brings back that verse. I know what I should do. This is the, this is the way. Walk in it. All of a sudden, the verses that we've memorized become a lamp into our feet. Uh, you're supposed to be able to fill in that a lot faster than that. See what I'm saying? A lamp into our feet, light into our path. And we're walking, we're saying, well, I wonder which way I should go. I wonder what I should do. We're supposed to, he's supposed to be the voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk you in it. Right? When you have spent time with the Lord, reading his word, memorizing his word, I'm getting the next thing. That's, that's not all of it. See, being a Christian is actually not easy. It's not easy being a Christian. But it's a whole lot easier than being the devil's child. His yoke is easy. His burden is light, right? All of a sudden, when I hit a decision, wow, do I go to the left or go to the right? Maybe there's not a verse reminding us, but the Lord is saying, this is the way. Go this way. And the voice of God in my house has a southern accent. <laughs> the voice of God in Lou's house has a Korean accent. I'm blessed with the prophet for a wife. So if I'm in doubt, just ask her. She'll say, no, go to the right. No, I just last time I told you this, we got to go to the left. So like I asked one of the congregation members, young men here recently, I said, so you pull up to a stop sign. And you're thinking you're supposed to go to the left. Your wife says, no, go to the right. So which way do you go? So I'm asking this young man. He said, well, I'd go to the left. I said, that would be a wrong mistake. That would be a mistake. Why? Why would that be a mistake? Well, I don't know. You mean go to the right? Your wife is telling you go to the right, but you know that left is the correct direction. You go to the right. You, you do what she tells you to do. I said, yep, why? I don't know. I said, okay, here's why. I said, so if you go to the right and you're right, then what do you do? You keep your mouth shut and you just keep driving. If you go to the right and it turns out to be the wrong way, then what do you do? And, yeah, that's right, brother. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> but... If you pull up there, she says right. You say, no, it's left. She says, I know it's right. You say, no, it's, no, it's left, and you go left. Now what happens? Okay, so if you turn out right, you, it was correct to go left. Now what do you do? Nan, and a boo-boo? No, you don't. What do you do? You keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and if it was the wrong way, what do you do? You turn around, you go the right way, and you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, but you keep, like Leslie, 
the, fa the famous phrase that is Leslie's famous for, at least with me, is never miss an opportunity to say nothing. So <laughs> there have been times where she'll say, what do you think? You see, you can tell that's a mature man. That's a mature man. That's, that's one has been married for a while. Thou knowest. <laughs> anyway, next thing I want to talk about is the prayer closet. I have talked about the prayer closet numerous times. I have made uh, a DVD on it. Matter of fact, of the 37 DVDs I've made, I think building their prayer closet is still the most popular DVD that I've done. And I did it, I don't know, 20 years ago. If you ask me, Stan, why do you think God let you start a Spirit of Prophecy Church? Stan, why do you think God had you start Prophecy Club? Stan, why do you think God had you start Prophetic Oil? giving you the vision to go find oil in Israel. Why do you think he's allowed you to start Joseph's Kitchen? I would say, same answer for all three. Why do you think God's going to give you so many souls? Same answer, same answer, same answer. Because of my prayer closet. The center of my strength, the center of my world, the center of my focus. I wake up in the morning and I go to sleep and everything in between is the one thing. I'm trying to build his kingdom. And the best way I can build his kingdom is by falling on my knees every evening. I said every evening. That means whether we're on the road. The only time I can't do it is if I'm on an airplane someplace. But I still pray. Well, is that just because you just made a promise to God to do that some 25 years ago? No. Is it because he makes you? Absolutely. Because he makes me. He forces me to have a prayer closet every night. Because he is so great and so awesome. He doesn't force me to. He forces me to. He doesn't make me. But he makes me. Because I love him. So when I go in and I fall on my knees, <clears throat> let me tell you first of all what I don't do. Sad to say, you'd think that a pastor has a church. I'd be praying for a lot of my congregation members. I'm not saying I don't pray for my congregation members. It's just that when I go to my prayer closet, it's not for my congregation members. It's for my God. When I go to my prayer <clears throat> every time I start talking about prayer closet, I get emotional. I try not to get emotional. When I go to my prayer closet, it's to worship my God. Period. It's not to praise him, though I do a little of it. It's not to speak in tongues. I almost never speak in tongues in my prayer closet. It's to worship my God. Now let me explain. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. Let me say it again. Praise is telling my God what he does and that you love him for it. Worship is telling my God who he is and that you love him for it. What? No. Praise is telling my God, or our God, 
who he is and that you love him for it. You mean you don't praise him? No, once in a while, a little bit, more indirectly. It's about worship. I go into my prayer closet, and if you, you want to ask, Stan, why does God let you do so many things? Prayer closet. Everything I've ever accomplished that's good in my life came from falling on my knees. Everything. Anything that's good came from my Lord from falling on my knees. <clears throat> I often say the same things, but not always. In case you're wondering, well, what do I say? Well, it does help to have memorized some scriptures. It does help. I would say that's a very, very big help. And there were a few times I took the scriptures into my prayer closet, but not too often. I mean, like maybe once or twice over these 25 years. But I fall to my knees, and here I am again, Lord. You can't run me off. Here I am again. I'm here to worship you, to tell you that you're an awesome God. I mean, like, I cannot understand how you can know the hair of the head of a person. I, 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 that's, that's beyond me. But you not only know the hairs of everyone's head, or my head, but you know the hairs of everyone's head alive on the earth today. But you not only know how many hairs are on the head, you know how many hairs of every head of every person back to Adam. And everybody in the future. You know every word. You know every thought. You know every deed. You threw the stars into place with your finger and you called them by name. You put the sun in the sky, the moon. You organized it all. And if that weren't enough, you put the story of man in the stars. You put the story of man underneath the waters of the earth. You wrote your name upon Jerusalem. You're an awesome God. And that's what I do in my prayer closet. <clears throat> I'm not going to get emotional. I worship my God. I worship my God. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is and was and who is to come. The first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega. The Olive and the Tob the soon-coming king and the righteous judge. And I worship you, the ancient of days, the self-existent one, the I am, the I am. The light of life, the righteous judge. And I worship you and I give you thanks, Lord God Almighty, who is and was and who is to come. Blessed be your name, Holy Father, Holy Son, and Holy Ghost. Blessed be your name, Holy Father, Yahweh, the yod heh vav heh Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Raul Kadesh, the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, the seven horns of the seven eyes sent forth unto all the earth. I worship you. I cannot understand how powerful and how magnificent you are. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just Now, as I'm doing this, many times, <clears throat> many times when I walk up 
I'm not going to get emotional. Many times as I walk up to fall on my knees, I feel the anointing touch me. He's saying he's already with me. He's already hearing me. I worship him. How long do you worship him? It's not about time. It's not about just getting some kind of a release. I don't know. Sometimes 10 minutes, probably most of the time more like 20 minutes, often 30 minutes, a few times an hour. Uh, not as long now as I used to in the early days, but I worship him. Then when I'm done worshiping, hear him of late, probably over the last six months, then I roll over, and of course, because of my back, I have to do stretches. But, bub, when I do stretches, I go to warfare. So I ask God to forgive my sins, sins of my family, sins on Prophecy Club, the church, prophetic world, Joseph Kitchen, our ministries and supporters. We put on our full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, ones of the truth, and feet of the gospel. We pick up the shield of faith and sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We ask you to place your ministry, protecting, guardian, Angels all around us, our family, our finances, and possessions, so that no harm or evil befall us. Now, with the blood, sins forgiven. The angels ran about me in the name of Jesus. I send out the ministry, the protecting, the guardian, and the warrior angels to destroy principalities, evil principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and evil in high places. I send them also not only in high places, but also down into low places down into the Moloch and Baal worshippers, evil underground tunnels to destroy their evil, high technology that is destroying the earth. Just like you say, Amen, blessing, glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, might to our God that sitteth upon the throne. And the four beasts that sat on their seats fell before God and say, We give thee thanks, Lord God Almighty, who is and was and shall be, for thou hast taken thee thy great power and hast reigned. For the nations are angry, and thy wrath has come at the time that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the saints. See the advantage of memorizing? See the advantage of memorizing? Give it power to thy servants, the saints, and the prophets, and them that, that fear thy name, both small and great, and destroy them, which destroy the earth. In the name of Jesus, I send out the ministering, protecting, guardian, warrior angels, go down to destroy the evil works of darkness, to destroy their time machines, their cloning devices, to destroy the scalar wave devices, all the evil technology that they're using for evil purposes. Destroy it, Lord, in Jesus' name I send out. The Revelation 9-1 angel. The Revelation 9-1, it says, I saw a star fall from heaven to him as given, key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit at the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. You, angel, Revelation 9-1 angel, you have the power. You have the key of the bottomless pit to be given to you one day. I send you down into all of those evil places. Not only the evil in spiritual places above, but the evil in the, spirit, in the places below. I send out the Revelation 21, 20 verse 1 angel. I saw another angel that having the key of the bottomless pit and the great chain in his hand. He laid hold upon the dragon that old serpent called the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. I send you. Once again, you have the authority to bind Satan. Once again, I send you down to destroy the evil principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. To destroy, now I can't say some of these words because we're on live stream. But in my prayer closet, you better know I'm mentioning names. I mention names of organizations. I mention names of evil people. 
evil people in top places. I shouldn't mention anything else, but top places. Why? Because I know who I am. I found me. I found me in the scriptures. I found me on the cross. And I found the authority through memorizing the word of God. I know who I am. And I know through the power of the blood of Jesus, I know what I can do. So I send out those ministering, protecting, guardian, warrior angels to destroy evil principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and evil in high places and in evil in low places. And I destroy the devil. Why? Because my job is to build the kingdom of God. And sometimes to build the kingdom of God, I've got to destroy the works of darkness. Amen. Everything I do all day long is to build his kingdom. I'm not going to get emotional. I've done real good so far. <clears throat> But when, I, when I'm in my prayer closet and I have worshipped my God and I roll over and I start doing my spiritual warfare, I'm telling you, I know. I know what I'm doing because I know my God. My walk with the Lord is not casual. It is not superficial. My walk with the Lord is to destroy Satan and all his works. Because I know who I am. I know what I can do. I got the word of the Lord with me. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. I'll tell you what I will. Guess what? I'm not asking for money. I stopped asking for money a long time ago. I almost seldom even pray for the ministries. And probably this is wrong. I should be praying for my congregation members more. But I'm praying for the kingdom of God. I want to see his kingdom built. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these. Look, do you think he'd like to destroy me? You think he'd like to destroy Leslie, our family, the church, prophecy club? Joseph Kitchen, think he'd like to destroy that? <laughs> I'm not gonna let him. Why? Because I know who I am. I know he protects me. He is my strength. He is my high tower. He is my fortress. I know when I fall to my knees and I say, Lord, I just want to say before you, I know I'm nothing. I know I'm nothing. But I also know I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. So then I go into my prayer closet. Then I do some spiritual warfare. And then I sleep like a baby. I heard that Michael Jackson was wanting to take propofol just so he could get some good sleep. Ah, I'm 68 and I sleep like a baby. 
I did have, <clears throat> right after I, uh, some really, really tough warfare, right after I had just asked for Prophecy Club to pray specifically that there's not a suitcase nuke go off April the, what was the date? 19th. Nor for Dr. Wu to be harmed on about or around May 20th. And I'm still praying for that. And I ask all for the, everybody that listens to me anyway, to fast and pray. That night was the first time I've ever experienced this in my life. And I think it's because I sent out an email to some 30,000 people on our email list. That included some 12 or 1,300 people on the fast track team, asking them all to fast. Also, all of the the people listen to me on all of the platforms, asking everybody to fast and pray that a suitcase nuke would not hit New York City. And I know what happened. Our prayers. See, one can put a thousand flight, two can put ten thousand flight. Wherever two more gathered in my name, there I am in, in the midst of them. Wherever two or more agree is touching any one thing, it shall be given them. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will give it. I know what happened. Some 30,000 people were fasting and praying that the suitcase of the blue nuke would not hit New York City. The day after I asked everybody to start <clears throat> fasting and praying, literally the day after, that was when that big explosion that apparently was underground uh, went off in New York City. Remember it? Okay, remember it? Okay. A lot of phone calls coming to her. Hey, 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 you, you were just praying about this. Look, I, there was a... I said, that wasn't it. Sure enough, nothing happened. Our prayers were answered. Well, that night, first time I ever had this happen, it was like I got a piece of chewing gum. I'm asleep, okay? Like 2.30 in the morning. Like I got a chew, piece of chewing gum caught in my throat. And as it hit... Instantly, I thought, I'm going to die. I cannot breathe. I absolutely cannot breathe. I woke up. I hit Leslie. I said, pray for me. <laughs> Actually, I didn't say that. I said that in my mind. But I grabbed my throat like this, turned the light on right quick. I'm standing beside the bed, holding my throat, because you know that's the, the universal sign to let people know you're choking. Okay? You hold your throat like that in a restaurant, somebody better be grabbing you in a Heimlich maneuver. That's what I was needing here to do, because I thought... I was choking to death. Turned the light on. Leslie's saying, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. I can't, you know, she's, so she's instantly praying for me. All of a sudden it stopped. It's gone. Instantly. I, thought, I was just choking. I know I was choking. I was choking to death. Second, I'm looking at the bed where I was just choking seconds to go. The light is on. Leslie's praying for me. She said, what is it? I said, I don't know. It's gone. Whatever it was, it's gone. I'm letting you know that the walk of a Christian is not easy. It's work. But it's better than the alternative. I'm trying to motivate you today to read your Bible, to memorize your Bible, to come out of the world and the things of the world and the things that do so easily beset. I'm trying to motivate you to 
have an objective to build his kingdom. Seek ye first his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. He adds all these other things. I'm trying to say, I think a lot of Christians leave it on the bench, not on the field. A lot of times we aren't working for the Lord as hard as we could and as we should be. Memorizing your word gives you the power and the strength to know who you are and that the cross is behind you. And with the cross behind you, nothing can stop you. Right? Motivating you. Learn the word of God, King James. The other's garbage. It's garbage. Throw it away. Throw it in the trash. Don't give it away. Somebody might read it. Key at your King James Bible. Read it. Memorize it. Memorize it so that when you're standing in front of the firing squad, like what was that lady's name? Lamb, I think was her last name. She was saying, they cocked the guns, the firing squad. She was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me die, lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters, restoreth my soul. They fired, none of the bullets hit her. They cocked again, they fired again, none of the bullets hit her. A lot of times Christians, this is what I'm afraid of, A lot of the times the Christians think, oh, well, I don't have to prepare because God is just going to give me miracles. Mm. Well, Jesus said, tempt not the Lord thy God. Probably Jesus could have jumped off of that temple and probably God would have sent angels to catch him. But he said, tempt not the Lord thy God. For it is written, I think if we don't prepare, we're tempting them. Even the Lord told Leslie, a person should make every effort to prepare, but no one can prepare for every eventuality. Now, let me talk about the preparation. Yes, physical preparations. Got to have air, can't go more than three minutes without air. You got to have water, can't go more than three days without water. So that means that you need to have an air filter, you need to have some kind of a water filter, some kind of water to put in it, and you can't go without food more than 30 days. Those are the threes. 33 minutes, three days, 30 days. That's physical preparation. But today what I'm calling you to do is a spiritual preparation. If you want to be able to pray over an empty plate, thank you, Lord, for this food in Jesus' name, and open your eyes to see that empty plate full of food in the time of the mark of the beast, now's the time to start memorizing your Bible. Now's the time to stop the sin. Now's the time to start forming you a prayer closet. Well, how do you do that? Here's how you do it, Lord. I want to do a prayer closet for the rest of my life. I want you to help me to remember every evening, every evening, every evening, every evening, Do not let me go to bed. Do not let me forget. And yeah, I think I forgot one time. So about an hour into sleep, I woke up. (sighs) I'm sorry, Lord. So I ran into the prayer closet. 
we're out on the road. We're in some hotel. So I get Leslie to sleep. I go in the other room. Sometimes the hotel room's so big, she is in one room, and I go into the bathroom from my prayer closet. Why? Oh, so I can have prophecy club. So I can do all though. One reason. He's earned it. He's, he deserves it. I think most of the world, most of his creation sticks their finger in his face. Most of them insult him. Here he is, the creator of the universe, has gave, given them the breath in their lungs, the beat of their heart, and they can't find time to worship him. I think he got a bum, bum deal. I think that he is mistreated by his creation. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to give him the worship he deserves. He deserves it, my opinion. He's earned it. He deserves it. So I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him whether I breathe. I don't have to worry about some virus. I have to worry about pleasing him. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the air that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even thy, high, thy, high, thy habitation, thou shalt, there shall no evil befall thee, and neither shall any plague, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. I wasn't worried about COVID. I was worried about my Lord. Am I worshiping him enough? He's my physician. He's my hospital. He's my doctor. And yeah, I had to have surgery one time. And yeah, I didn't like it. So what I do after I had to have surgery? I said, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. I didn't like it, but I worship my God. I don't have to worry about things that are coming. I look forward to the souls. I don't look forward to the trouble. But I look forward to sending a lot of people like Frisbees. A lot of people up to the heaven. That's my goal. So Jesus come to me, Stan, what are you doing? I'm going to say I'm building your kingdom. Leslie comes to me, what are you doing? I'm going to say I'm building the kingdom of God. One of my children comes to me, Stan, what are you doing? I'm building the kingdom of God. Police officer pulls me over, stops me on the road, says, what are you doing? I'm going to say, I don't know. <laughs> I'm building the kingdom of God. I'm saying too many Christians forget about God. They forget the real objective. He's here. That's the real objective. If it's the boss, what are you doing? I'm building the kingdom of God. That's first. Well, what about your work? Yep, but it's not first. I do the work, but I don't do the work for you. I do the work for the Lord. Whether I get praise, whether I get raised, 
whether you get accolades, whether you get correction, I'm working for him. That'll witness. So, I never got to the PowerPoint today. <laughs> Don't get caught in the cares of the world. Pulled up to the light. Rolled my windows down last night. I thought, boy, it's a beautiful evening. I think I'll just roll my windows down as I drove home from the Bible study Friday night. Pulled up to the light. And there was a couple of young boys, 18 or 19 probably, they had their window down, but they didn't have to have the window down. The music was so loud, I could have hear, heard it with my window up too. I noticed that there was at least of the F-bombs, three of the F-bombs before the light was done. Now they're 18 and 19 listening to music with those F-bombs in them. I just shook my head. caught up in the cares of the world, caught up in the sin of the world. I'm saying today, like my, my mom said, son, there's pleasures in sin. Bible says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Bible says that wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, many there be, many there be that go thereat. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be to find it. What I'm trying to motivate everyone to do today is to step off of the merry-go-round of life, step away from the broad way, and let's go back to the straight and narrow path. And that straight and narrow path has one place to go to, and you get there through reading your Bible, memorizing your Bible, having a prayer closet. Now, I didn't say going to church, but I've noticed people that aren't involved in a church. I'm not saying visit once in a while. I'm talking about when the door's open, so are you. You're there. I've never seen anybody grow in the Lord that's not connected to a church. Stan, why did you and Leslie start a church? Because I want to be connected to the Lord. Yeah, I'd like the church to have three or 400 people there. Of course, at this point, I'd like to have 20 people there. <laughs> Everybody thought I was going to Honduras, so very few people showed up. Today. I'll catch you online or whatever. My wife and about, what is it, six other people had gone to Honduras? They're in Honduras this morning preaching. So I think like a third of our congregation is in Honduras today. What I'm trying to motivate you to do is to come out of the world, the things of the world, start forgetting the world, not forgetting God. Bible, memorization, prayer. But in my opinion, worship on our knees. I choose in the evening. Daniel did it three times a day. Muslims do it five times a day. I don't know if you know this or not. Muslims lay down a rug, get on their knees, 
touch their forehead to the mat five times a day. Christians, maybe five times in a lot. I bet you the average Christian hasn't prayed touching their forehead to the floor five times in one day in their entire lifetime. I'm saying that true joy, happiness, fulfillment, everything that we want in life is found on the, at the cross, but it's at the foot of the cross. It's down here. It's on our knees. The success is right here. He that wins souls is wise. Daniel 12, 4 says, They that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. So, now it's time for my PowerPoint. Oh, well. <laughs> Lord, I ask you to fill my mouth and my heart with your words, with your fire this morning. And this is what came out. I ask you now to speak to the hearts of the people that they would receive this message and they would come out of the world and they would start doing these things to build your kingdom. That their goals, objectives in life would change to building your kingdom. In Jesus' name.